Hi, welcome back. My name is Alex. I'm your host. Welcome to the podcast. Investing should be easy. In today's show, we're going to go through a financial holdings company called BB&T Corporation. BB&T Corporation does a lot of lending, and that's how they make their revenue. We're going to get into that. But before we jump into today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about a educational segment. The educational segment is was an article on MSN. And it was around millennials, millennial parents, and following a three-step process to success later in life. And, and what happened, what, what was going on with this article, the reason why it kind of caught my attention, was I get so many questions and so many um, different ideas on how do people get started, how, they, how do they start investing, how do they do something with their money to create additional streams of revenue. Well... The article struck a chord to say that about uh, 55% of millennial parents have children before getting married, which is completely opposite to the younger or earlier generation of baby boomers, where 25% of baby boomers did the same thing. And that's where it kind of caused a problem. I know I mentioned a three-step process that was, um, I think it was called the success sequence. And it basically lays out by Wang and Wilcox that, in a three-step process, you're supposed to follow these in order, and if you don't, it's going to cause you lots of income along the way and a lot of opportunity left left behind and left on the table. First thing, earn a high school diploma. Now, for me, I would institute as well as earning a college degree. The second one is getting a full-time job, and the third is marrying before having kids. So if you do those things in that order... That's the way to economic success and staying away from poverty. So the third one, especially marrying before you have kids, is a way to establish two joint incomes into one and get a household off on the right foot instead of focusing on the aspects of childhood or raising kids. Now, I know some people can't or you know struggle to have kids and this might not be in order, but again, this is just high-level advice. I thought it was really cool to see um, just as far as statistic around there about millennial investing and the of the people that follow these steps um, they came up with a uh, in their in their statistics model said only three percent of millennials who follow the sequence are poor by the time they reach their late 20s and early 30s i know there's always exceptions to that rule but thought it was worth mentioning again the article was on msn and i'll go ahead and post a link to it on the podcast page once i get everything published so with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. But first, let's get our music. Investing should be easy. All right, that's a good start to today's show. So today again, we're going to look at BB&T Corporation. BB&T Corporation for anybody who doesn't know, is a financial holding company that specializes in community banking, residential mortgage banking, and some other financial services as well. But a lot of things they do is a lot of lending is, I would say, high-level picture of what is actually encompassed in there. And just like usual, we're going to follow a three-step process. We're going to look at Google Finance. Then we're going to look at Finviz. F-I-N-V-I-Z dot com. And then we're going to look at their investor relations section. And before we go any further, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and send me an email 
to alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's G-E-N at the end of Richwagon. Or go ahead and visit my website at alexrichwagon.com. Now, I found this BBT Corporation, um, the availability of it on our drip plan as we're looking to make life easier by looking at um, dividend reinvestment strategies that allow for a compound um, compound model that compounds a dividend and as well as capital gains throughout the life cycle of the company. It's on ComputerShare, which again is a transfer agent that, lack of a better term, it's a record-keeping service. They're the record-keeping service for BB&T and administrate the shares and as far as how they how the actually company works. I want to say it's it's pretty cheap to get involved. It's only two hundred fifty dollars to start out, and then an ongoing fee of uh, two hundred two sorry no two hundred two dollars and fifty cents for every purchase that you make on the investment. But let's go ahead and jump into the company and let's start a review. So BBT Corporation. Lucky for us, if you punch in the stock symbol BBT, that's actually a stock symbol, which is really easy to remember. So I'm in Google Finance and I punched in BBT. And I see the stock is trading just over $46 a share. Looking through some of their high-level financials, I see it's got a beta over 1, which is a measure of risk. Again, the median range across all companies of a measure of risk is 1. Anything over 1 means it's more risk. Anything under 1 means it's less risk than the overall market. This is at 1.07, so I would say it's right along the lines of a median risk. And then I'm looking at the price to earnings ratio is trading around a 17, 17 and a half, which isn't bad. It's right in line with the market overall. And if I look back over the past um, year and their charts, looks like the company is on a definitely upward trend and has had an increase almost almost 30% as far as the ROI, return on investment. If you would invest in this company a year ago in July, you would have made almost 30% on the investment, which is good. It's, it's a really good return as far as a, a mid-cap level company that we're looking at here. Company pays around 2, 2.5% dividend. And anything else? Nothing, nothing real outstanding here at the very top. Something I always like to look at is the um, dividend, dividend payout ratio because that gives me a sign of health on how well the company's trading, which always isn't there. Sometimes you can look in there. There are other pieces of data. Sometimes I'll just look in Google, um, BBT dividend payout ratio. And as a rule of thumb, a good payout ratio is below 55%. A very high and unstable is over 75%. Their BBT annualized payout ratio is at 38, almost 39%. That's great. No red flags. We're, so far, we're in the clear. Going back over to Google Finance, I'm looking down below at some of their valuations, which all you have to do is um, just add these as you as you see fit, and things that you want to see. Now, given the fact that they're a lending service, I would expect them to have um, more debt on their balance sheet than equity because they're making a spread on that debt. As I'm looking over here, I see they do have a moderately high long-term debt-to-equity ratio, which means they have more debt than equity, um, just around 60%. And just looking further to the right, profit margins look very healthy, which is a good sign. And as well as just from a – we talk, we always talk about the common sense 
theory or common sense test, can you see BB&T growing and sustained growth for a long period of time? It's it's got over 37 billion in market cap. It's got you know they, they've got a true business model here. It definitely passes the common sense test of going, yep, this company's going to be around in the next three to five years. No issues. People are still going to be borrowing money, lending, things like that. But there's um, there's something that we um, that I saw in their conference call that I'll bring up in the investor section that does concern me. It's just something to keep an eye on as we look through the rest of the company. All right, so let's move on to second segment. This is the uh, Finviz segment where we look at more of their technical and fundamental ratios. And fundamental ratios could be a don't be scared of it. It's basically telling you the company's balance sheet, their net income statement, their profit and loss sheet. If you combine certain elements of those and you come up with the ratios, that's what it's telling you. And so that's what we're looking for is a sign of health or see if we see any um, issues across the board with uh, BB&T. This gives me a good head and shoulders approach. Head and shoulders basically is, is it an upward trend, a sideways trend, or a downward trend? And it looks like there was a peak in March of around $50. And since then, it's been in a downward trend ratio coming all the way down to just a little over 46, which is only a it's only a 7% drop. It's not huge, but you're still collecting that 2.5% dividend. So that'll kind of be, that'll wait to about a 5% overall weight because you've got your 7.5% down and 2.5% dividend. So there's uh, your 5% net total of where the stock is just since March. But overall, again, since July of last year, you'd be up almost 30% overall with the stock. Now let's see what we have here. Now I'm looking in there, forward price earnings guidance is below their current price earnings ratio. That means they are expecting slower growth over the next 12 months. Little bit of a flag there. Again, we looked at their profit margins and their operating margins. They do have very healthy margins or operating margins around 82% and their profit margins over 30%. Very healthy percentages right there as we kind of look through each one of these items. All right, so other things that we want to look in here, and again, we saw this ratio on the Google Finance side, was their debt-to-equity ratio. Their long-term debt-to-equities or assets is they're hovering right around one, and you would expect this because they do a lot of lending and then also their price to sales ratio. The industry average is right around four, I want to say. So it means basically the price to sales ratio measures a stock price against the company's annual revenue. And basically what that means to you, it's comparison against the same industry as well as how are they performing against others. Does that make sense? It's just kind of in turn in intuitive right there. You want a higher ratio of like what is their price versus their sales. So BB&T's price to sales ratio is 5.29 and against industry average around four. Those are those are good signs. Something that kind of stands out to me, I don't know if this is odd or not, but their institutional ownership, that means uh, hedge funds, a lot of the big boys, they want, to, they want a piece of the overall pie, is only 65%. That seems a little bit low to me. 
The last piece that is down here, it's actually in the news section on Finviz. So most of these ratios kind of pass. There's nothing that is wowing me right now with the overall picture, and I want to understand why, like what is going on underneath the hood. So underneath in the news section, there's a couple links to the CEO and making some observation about the weak mortgage market and also making a mess of the mortgage market and how to get it better. So that kind of brings us to the last point, which is our step three, basically looking at BB&T investor relations section and how did they do on their previous conference call, which is only, which is late last week, actually. They beat earnings by 17% and looking at their quarterly earnings call, and I listened to the call as well. The biggest thing was they had a, a good bump into the Fed rate. And so the Fed agreed to raise their um, interest rates by a quarter of a point. Every time that a quarter of a point may not mean a whole lot to me and you, the end consumer, except for when we want to get a mortgage. But for for companies like BB&T or, or banks in general, every time that the spread goes up, they get to make more money without lifting a finger. And that can be very important to just understand in general that because of macro level indicators or the environment itself, companies just start making more money because they're they're loaning money on a spread. They're collecting the, the middle, which is a spread. And the end of the day, if the Fed raised the interest rate, which basically means that they can tack on any extra rates to consumers and as well as their, their lending partners, they're just going to get more income. The revenues because of that tax basis point was up $75 million from the first quarter of 2017 in just three months. That's crazy. Imagine you just wake up tomorrow and then you have an extra 70 or let's just say, I don't know, seven grand in your bank account that you didn't have before just because of a macro level picture. That'd be fantastic. Also, their fee income ratio, which is a direct uh, derivative to this, was up 42% compared to 42.7 compared to 42.1 in the prior quarter. So those kind of things are doing very well. The things that the CEO had labeled out and um, on the conference call they talked about was the mortgage industry and how they're being hurt right now by more strict rules. And remember we talked at the beginning of the show, I want to tie this in together about millennial sequence of events and getting um, a diploma, getting a job, and then getting married and having kids getting married before you having kids, that could be an important piece because the one thing that the CEO laid out was when somebody's got to put, they want to avoid a PMI, that's a mortgage insurance, which is a couple hundred dollars per month just to insure the mortgage because of past mortgage crisis back in 2007, 2008, when Dodd-Frank was put into place. That millennial piece, and they're trying to afford their first home, putting down a chunk of change of 20% for a uh, median-sized $200,000 house, it's forty grand. That's a lot. How many of those millennials have those, you know, that money laying around? So that's kind of like the last piece and why um, basically the CEO laid out his plan of saying drop that equivalent down to 10% with the same kind of thresholds because that would stimulate more mortgages and more housing growth and get people into owning more of their houses. That was the last piece of that. That piece alone is something that will drive 
a company like this forward even further, like it's a true catalyst. We always talk about catalysts of what do you see that the company will move forward. And unfortunately, it's there, there's a macro level here. They're subject to the Fed's interest rates. And then also there's the important piece of if Dodd-Frank gets repealed. We talked about that a previous few episodes ago, what that would mean. And it passed the House. It's sitting in the Senate right now. And it's one of Trump's key pieces of legislation. So all in all, that's that. That's, and we talked about before, like financial companies in general, something to keep an eye on is this interest rate stuff and how does it impact the other companies. I think right now, if you wanted to add this to your portfolio, it would be fine. I think we can find other investments out there that might be a little stronger considering that they're, they're expecting slower growth. But something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's something we'll revisit in the coming months, especially if either Dodd-Frank gets repealed or interest rates keep getting hiked because the interest rates from the Fed, they're up, I want to say, 50 basis points this year, and they were supposed to get up to two basis, to 200 basis points for the entire year. So that's something to keep an eye on. All these financial companies are just kind of waiting around for that. might be a better idea to look at a financial ETF such as um, FNCL, which is a Fidelity ETF on financials, which has been doing great. gives you a little more diversity, and so you're not kind of pigeonholed. But... Let's for now just kind of keep BB&T a thought process. They pass a lot of the measures, but I think we could get other potentially better investments or more lucrative out there. So let's kind of like pause on that and we'll come back and look at it later. And um, that's going to be it for today's show. So hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, give me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com or visit my website at alexrichwagon.com. That's again, G-E-N on the end of that rich wagon just to get the right place. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.